And floorboards and shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're here to help you with your home improvement project. It's our job to help you maximize the financial and the functional and the aesthetic value of your home. We're going to try to educate and inspire you with home improvement tips and ideas to help you get those projects done. And if you've got an improvement plan, working inside or out, now is the time to do it. That's why we call this the Goldilocks season, because it's not too hot, it's not too cold, right? Just like the nursery rhyme, it's just right. So whether you're working inside or out, pick up the phone, give us a call with your questions at one eight 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 money pit or post them online to our community page at moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show, now that temperatures have dropped, are you feeling the chill like through your walls and windows and doors? You know, finding the source of those drafts can be tricky, so we're going to give you some tips to help you hunt them down and seal them up just ahead. And also coming up this hour, when it comes to maintaining your home, painting is probably the most basic of do-it-yourself projects out there, but it's also a project that can go terribly wrong if you don't do just three things before you start. What are those three things? Well, we will tell you those steps in just a bit. And are you ready to fire up your fireplace for the first time this season? That's exciting. But before you do, we're going to have the how-to you need to know to make sure your chimney, your damper, and your firebox are all safe. But first, give us a call right now. That number is one eight 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 Money Pit. We're ready to help you with your home improvement questions. We've got Sandra in Maryland on the line. She's got a really old house and an electrical problem. What's happening at your money pit? 103 years old. Oh, that's great. That's a good age for houses. It's just starting to get seasoned, settling in a bit. (laughs) (laughs) It settles a lot. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So um, has the wiring been updated at all, or is it original? Is it knob and tube? What kind of wiring do you have? I have a mix of knob and tube and some updated. What's down in the walls, I think, is still knob and tube. Um, Okay. Some of the stuff that's more out it has been replaced. And what are you planning to do? What What's precipitating this this uh, question? Is this just a general concern about safety, or are you doing some other remodeling? Well, what I've done is started redoing the kitchen, and I took okay. up the, you know, seven layers of linoleum and <laughs> got okay. all the creosote out and got all the stuff that probably I shouldn't have been inhaling out of the kitchen. Um, and we sanded the floors and kept the original old wood floors. Okay. Um, and the paneling in the kitchen, I'm not willing to tear down because it's horsehair plaster behind it. And every time you touch the wall, you hear stuff fall. Right. Um, so I'm not willing to replace it. So we painted the paneling and I wanted to put new floorboard trim around, but all of the wiring, it's those big black wires that go from one outlet to another outlet. Let me give you some advice on this because it is time to update that wiring. First of all, any existing knob and tube wiring is very dangerous. And, and here's why. When it gets to be 100 years old, the insulation on that wiring is very dried out, very brittle, very crumbly. I can't tell you how many times in the 20 years I spent as a home inspector that I found that kind of wiring in-house and often found burn marks, very frightening, burn marks on the framing that surrounded it. So you definitely want to deactivate that wiring. You don't have to physically pull it out of the walls as long as it's not electrified. And then, of course, you want to update that with new modern wiring that's consistent with current electrical code. Now, for the kitchen, 
you really want to do something different than what it would have been done when the home was originally built. It had wiring, but it had all that kitchen, I'm sure, on one circuit. And that's why in older homes, sometimes when you're in a kitchen, you often see the lights dim when the refrigerators kick on because they're both major appliance and lighting are on the same circuit. You want to have one circuit for your appliances, your dishwasher, your 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 refrigerator, perhaps even more than one circuit for that, and then a separate circuit for uh, lighting and, and outlets. And, of course, all of the outlets also should be ground fault protected because this is a wet location and ground fault protection protects you from receiving a shock uh, if you were using an appliance that shorted or had any, any other type of electrical incident that occurred. So you are smart to be concerned about this. Um, it is something that you should take care of, whether you do it one room at a time or the entire house at a time. You know That's going to be up to time and, and, and budget. But you should have on your overall remodeling plan uh, the need to get rid of that knob and tube and completely de-energize it because it is unsafe uh, for the reasons I stated. And also, by the way, that particular wiring is not grounded, nor is it groundable. So that's another reason it's unsafe. It's just the way it was done back then. I think some of the kitchen had been done because I did have an electrician friend come in and, and install some new outlets. Mm-hmm. And he just ran from one to the next. And I do have different circuit breakers downstairs and all that kind of a stuff. But... Um, one of the things that one I do have, I think the one wall hasn't been done. I know that sounds odd. Um, but when they have the wires that are out, the big black, you know, wires going across or any of the wires, and I don't want them to go behind the wall because they can't without damaging the wall. Do I need to put those metal covers over them before I can put the trim board down so I don't... Well, if if you have, uh, if you're talking about the original knob and tube wiring being big black wires, you can't bury that. That's very unsafe. Okay. And here's, here's why. Okay. Knob and tube wiring, the, the reason, and by the way, for those that are not familiar with this, if you've ever seen an old house where wires seem to be strung on little ceramic posts that stick off the side of beams, uh, those are the knobs. And then where the wires go through the framing, there's a ceramic tube. That's the tube. That's why it's called knob and tube. And the reason that it sticks off the beam Sandra, is because it has to be air-cooled. So that's why you can't bury knob and tube wiring under trim. You can't even put insulation around it because it makes it doubly unsafe. So if it's the big black wire, then I know I've still got original knob and tube in there. I would have your electrician come in and determine where that wire is being energized, make sure uh, that if it's knob and tube, it, it is completely disconnected, and then run whatever you have to do from there. And if you can only do it one room at a time, you'll be just that much more safe. But if you can do the whole house, then just do it. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Sandra. Good luck with that project. James in Texas is on the line and having some issues with a window. What's going on? Well, I have a 1928 brick veneer home in Texas. It's on the Register of Historic uh, Properties in Texas. So the exterior of the house is dedicated to the public. I have problems with condensation on the interior uh, window pane. It's a single pane. And I'm looking for some kind of an option to uh, reduce the condensation and not alter the window casing. Okay. So you have you have single-pane windows? Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yes. Uh, and you have condensation inside those windows because they're not very efficient. So there's no insulation in the windows at all. Correct. So when we, when we have a change in temperature, that's when the condensation occurs. Of course, yeah. Because if it gets cold outside and you have warm, moist air inside, it strikes the windows and condenses. 
and that's why you get the condensation. So the only way to change that scenario is to either insulate the window, which you don't want to do, or to potentially reduce the amount of condensation and, and humidity inside your house. What kind of heating system do you have? Is it forced hot air? It's uh, a central air and heat. Okay. So you could consider installing what's called a whole house dehumidifier. This is a, an appliance that's installed into that duct run. And when it's activated, it actually takes out quite a bit of humidity and moisture out of the air. Uh, some of the ones that I've seen can take out like was it 50, 60 pints of water a day. So a lot of water can come out of that. And it's not inexpensive, but it is a solution. Other things that you could do would be to take some steps to try to reduce the amount of moisture that forms in the house by improving the grading and the drainage at the foundation perimeter because as water sits around the house, it soaks into the foundation, and that ends up converting to water vapor and, and adds the humidity inside the house. And, of course, making sure you're always using exhaust fans in the bathrooms and exhaust fans in the kitchen that actually vent outside. So that's really it really comes down to that. You've got to reduce humidity or you have to increase the insulation. Okay. I appreciate your help. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Pick up the phone, give us a call. We'd love to hear what you are working on. We're standing by to chat 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Give us a call at 1-888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor. You can find top-rated home service pros, book appointments online. It's totally free, and you'll find the right pro for the job. Up next, drafts in your home can make you very uncomfortable, but they're easy to fix if you can find them. We'll have a fall energy savings tip, tell you how to spot the leaky places drafts can turn up, and how to seal them for good after this. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. 
Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to help you with your home improvement projects, pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. Now we've got Sandy in Texas on the line who's got a question about texturing drywall. Tell us about your project. Strip the wallpaper in our kitchen until it's down to sheetrock, and we'd like to... Uh, put texture in it, uh, but I'd like to do it as simply as possible. So I've heard that you can put texture into paint, and I'd like some more information about that or what you recommend. That is possible, right, Leslie, to use an additive in paint, but frankly, we usually get the opposite question. Most people call us wanting to take the texture away. So I, so I would say, Sandy, are you really sure you want to do this? <laughs> because once it gets on there, it's hard to make it, uh, make it go away. Right, yes. I, I mean, our other walls have some texture. I mean, and it's not a heavy texture. It's just a little bit to make it just not the flat Rock. And it's a texture in the paint, or it's an actual texture within the drywall itself, almost like a stippling? Well, I'd rather not go that route, is the, the, the stippling or spackling. Um, I'd like to add some texture to the paint just to give the wall something other than the smooth drywall. Well, there's a couple of different techniques that you can use. Um, first, there's something called a linen technique. That's done with almost like a wallpaper brush, sort of a very short stiff bristle that's you know maybe 12 inches to 18 inches wide and you put the paint on and then you sort of drag that brush through and that gives you a linear texture to it and that can kind of look like wallpaper and you can do it with one color or do a base color and then let that dry and then put a thinner coat on top and then drag that line through um you could do something that's almost called a i guess it is actually called a venetian plaster but that involves, you know, sort of marbling the texture on and, and burnishing it and rubbing it. And it really is a heavier coat of paint and plaster. But that gives a really interesting sort of cloudy textural look that sometimes has a high shine to it. Um, there's a suede texture. I think Ralph Lauren is one of the paints that makes that. And that has, um, it really does look like suede. It has that sort of like rubbed, softer, matte-looking texture to it. There's a sanded finish where there's actual sand in the paint. Sometimes that can feel a little rough, almost like a sandpaper, but um, that gives a nice texture too. They all have different application techniques. So if I were looking at a paint that has a specific texture in a home center, I'd make sure that I really read those directions and looked at what that manufacturer was recommending for the application process and get those correct tools and do the proper prep work for it. Because some of those textures are, you know, kind of labor intensive for a DIYer and you want to make sure you get it right. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, I will look into the uh, things you suggested here and make a decision then. I hope that helps you out. It does. Thank you so much. Well, now that we are entering heating season, and maybe a lot of you are actually already using the heat in full swing this time of year, you really want to try and get the most out of your energy dollar. And to do that, you've got to keep out drafts. But those drafts aren't always just found in really obvious places. Yeah. Now, my favorite place that sneaky drafts happen are switch plates and outlets on exterior walls. You know, Air gets into those walls, and those drafts from the outside will just zip right in to the inside if they're not properly sealed. But the fix is very simple. You can pick up some pre-cut foam gaskets. They're available at home centers and hardware stores. They're literally pennies apiece. And then slip them under the cover plates. They do a great job of keeping those drafts out. I mean, truly, it's like one of the least expensive improvements that you can make that 
will make a very noticeable difference in your expenses, which is just amazing to me. The other thing, if you find that you have larger gaps on those exterior walls, you can try and fill those up with an expandable foam. Now, that's going to stop the airflow, but in a lot of cases, it's not going to stop any rodents or pests from coming in. So if you want to do that as well, you can mix in a little steel wool just to sort of strengthen it up and keep the little rodent guys from chewing their way in. Yeah, good point. So lots of ways to try to cut back on those drafts, but I tell you what, they do add up. So get them done now before it gets too terribly cold. It'll be a lot more comfortable all winter long. Vincent, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I have got an issue with a leaking ceiling. I'm not sure if it's coming from from my roof or from my air conditioners. Uh, Doesn't do it all the time, but sometimes when it rains, it comes down, and then other times when it's not raining, it comes comes down. (laughs) (laughs) So so we're we're, we're kind of at a loss. We've got a metal roof on it. It's an older structured house. Right. I'm thinking maybe the drip edge at the going more it goes into the gutterings, you know, but like I said, I've not not had any luck because yeah. I'll think I have it fixed, and then it, it'll come in rain, and it comes in again. And it comes in again, right. So uh, what yeah. have you been doing to fix it? Have you been stealing the seams in the uh, in the metal roof? Yeah, we, we got up and put uh, some caulking and stuff along the, where, you know, where the edges and stuff was, and, and, and it's uh, you know, supposed to be a 20-year roof, and we've only had it on the house for probably about well, wait a minute. So if this is a metal roof, it's supposed to be a 100-year roof. I mean, metal roofs will last a long time. Here's what I would do. I would try to make it leak. So I would go up there. If, can you get up there in that area with a hose? Yeah. Okay. So I would try to make it leak. So I would try, you know, the a normal light duty rainfall when it falls down from the top and see if that does anything. And then I would try some directional pressure against those seams and see if I can figure out what type of driving rainstorm is coming in here. Because I suspect it is due to the rain uh, driving in on those. And it might be trapped in there. And that's why it maybe comes out days later after a rainfall. I, I don't know. But I, I think what you're going to have to do is to try to figure out what part of that is breaking down. And then once you do, if you've already gone the caulk route, I would suggest taking apart that section of the roof and then putting it back together with the proper sealants to make sure you get it done once and for all. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. And that, yeah, that's the way to yeah, approach we, that. We, we've got to repair the ceiling, but we're not going to repair the ceiling. Until yeah, no, you don't want to do that until you know you, you got this leak done. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, when you do repair that ceiling... Make sure you use primer on it, because if you don't prime over leak stains, they're going to come right through the finished paint, okay? Yeah. Actually, I think what we're going to do is put up a uh, a lip siding or uh, like a, not a paneling, but it's a a plank that'll go up uh, and get rid of the popcorn that's up there right now. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, you know the four most expensive words in home improvement while you're at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Leanne Kansas on the line with a concrete question. Tell us what you were working on. I'm in an old house that I got in a survivorship, and it's got an old, probably was built in the 60s. I'm in uh, the prairie of Kansas. Um, It has an entryway concrete porch. It just keeps cracking and cracking due to earthquakes. We had a pretty good one a week or so ago. And now it's really unlevel. Um, some of the cracks are small enough that I can fill and aren't unlevel. And I'm just wondering, because I don't know, I don't live near a Lowe's or a Home Depot or anything like that. It things like an hour and a half drive away. Um, there's a local hardware store about 10 miles. Can you fill small cracks with quick crete or do you need concrete or 
exactly. I don't know what the differences are. Okay, so first of all, the type of repair material you use is different than the type of material you would use if you were, say, pouring a new concrete slab. And you mentioned Quickrete. That's a great brand, and they have a wide variety of repair products. Um, you have the option to repair the cracks. You could also resurface that concrete. There's a product for that. And in all cases, they the difference between that type of a product, a repair product, and the original sort of concrete product is that the repair products are designed to adhere to the original concrete base. You know, if it's if anything is loose, of course, you have to pop that out and restore it. But um, short of that, there are plenty of concrete repair products that are out there. And, you know, you're going to obviously have to get yourself to a hardware store or lumberyard to find it. You can do some research online at their website. But you want to make sure you choose a repair product because it is designed specifically to adhere to those surfaces. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Good luck. 888-666-3974. Coming up, when it comes to maintaining your home, painting is the most basic of DIY projects. You think it's easy, guys, but it's also a project that can go terribly wrong if you don't do just three things before you start. We're going to share those steps just ahead in today's Building with Confidence tip presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans next. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Caseta by Lutron Smart Lighting Control. You can set your lights to come on at dusk so your family always comes back to a well-lit home. Caseta by Lutron. Welcome home to peace of mind. 
Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on this fine weekend day? If it's your house, if it's your home, you're in exactly the right place because we're here to help you every step of the way. Got a question? Got a tip? Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Tony in Tennessee is on the line who came home to a mystery flood. Tell us about it and hopefully there wasn't too much damage. I'd been gone for about a week. I turned the master water valve off, the water supply to my house. Gone for about a week, came back, went, and it's a split foyer, pretty fair-sized house. Uh, so came in through the garage, came into straight through into my man's den, and I hear the sound of dripping water, uh, which is obviously never a good sound. So I go back to the far end of the house, away from the garage, and the whole downstairs has substantial amount of water in it. And I look up, and it's dripping down from the ceiling and really directly onto my big screen TV at that point. That's not good. I said, no, not good. So I tack myself up the stairs. So it's on the very far end of the house uh, is our washroom. The washing machine tub is full of water and overflowing, and that was the source of the water. When you say washing, you mean the, like the, the slop sink? Was that taking the discharge of the washer, or was the washer itself overflowing? The, the washer itself. So you're basically saying that you were away, and when you came back, you found this water had collected into in the laundry area because the, the washer was filled up with water, and that was overflowing and leaking down through the house right on your flat screen TV. Is that correct? I got it right? That's correct. But the, but the main water valve was turned off? Yes. And when I when I looked at all this, I thought I'm I'm sure I turned the water valve off. I went to the nearest faucet, turned it on, nothing, no water pressure. Everything there was there was no water pressure in the lines of my house. Well, that is a mystery, is it not? My only theory is that, that when you come in the garage downstairs, there's a bathroom there, and that's where the washing uh, correction. That's where the hot water heater is. So it's basically mid level, mid mid range of the house on on the bottom level. Right. The washing machine is on the upper level, far into the house, and this is about a five thousand square foot house, so pretty good size house. Only thing I can ever have come up with is it created somehow some type of a siphon, right? Yeah. And we had siphoned water from the hot water heater. All the plumbers, everybody I've ever talked to said, no way, nothing possible. Yeah. And I said, well, give me your alternative, and nobody ever has. So I thought <laughs> Tom and Leslie could. <laughs> that is quite a mystery, my friend, quite a mystery. There would be water in the pipes, but it doesn't seem like it's enough to do what, you, you, what you're saying it did. The other thing I was thinking about is whether or not that was wastewater and it backed up from the street because that's not controlled by a valve. There's no yeah. odor to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it depends on how it on how the plumbing system is designed. If it's only one waste pipe, yeah, it would be stinky. But if you had a gray water pipe, it would not be stinky. Um, but I don't have any other ideas from that than that. I mean, I, I was kind of thinking that siphon idea, but it's still an extraordinary set of circumstances, and it's never happened again. Is that right? It has not. But again, I've always now since then turned the valves off so that yeah. no water could get to the washing machine. Right, and that's smart. That's the way you normally would do it. Yeah, because I was going to say is that I I know that sometimes even when you turn faucets off, you can get you can still get water that leaks through. Because I've seen this happen. Um, in fact, my mom lives in Florida half the year, and one year she got a letter from the insur- from the water company saying that she'd used ten thousand gallons of water. Problem was she wasn't there for that month. And I'm like, where did that 10,000 gallons of water go? 
And I knew that we had turned off valves. Well, it turned out that one of the valves was not completely off and it was leaking through the toilet. So thankfully it went down the drain. But, you know, even sometimes when you think the water is off, it's not. And I do wonder if, if some, if that could have played part of the scenario that you've experienced. But I thank you for sharing it with us. I, I don't have an aha moment, but I think I can speculate as good as the next guy. And, and that's kind of what I'm thinking at this point. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, when it comes to maintaining your home, painting or even staining wood surfaces is really important to keep your siding and trim in good shape. While painting is a task that's really among the most basic of do-it-yourself projects, it's also one where a simple mistake can lead to a really big headache. Yeah, and the key is it comes down to preparation. Weathered surfaces need to be cleaned and any loose paint needs to be removed before you even think about opening that can of paint. Now, if not... Here's what's going to happen. That new paint is not going to stick to that old paint and your efforts will be totally wasted. Or it might stick to the paint, but if the paint doesn't stick to the wood, guess what? It's all going to peel off, including new paint. So prep is really key. Next, it's always smart to apply a coat of primer first. A lot of people skip this step, but don't. The primer is formulated differently than paint that's meant to be that top coat. It's got better adhesion, so it's going to stick to the old surfaces and then prevent the new paint from peeling. And third, for the best finished look, you want to make sure you choose the right kind of paintbrush. Now, natural bristle brushes are best for applying oil-based paints, but for latex, synthetic bristle brushes deliver the best results, and they're going to help maintain the value of your home. And that's today's Building with Confidence tip brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. It's completely online, reduces annoying and time-consuming paperwork, and gives you a real, accurate, and personalized mortgage solution based on your unique financial situation with no hidden fees or hassles. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, and mortgage confidently. Anna in Delaware is on the line with a painting question. What can we do for you today? We painted around the bottom of our house, the foundation, with cement and sand. Okay. And what I want to know, can we, you know, paint over that with regular paint, or would that bleed through? The cement and sand mix is like a stucco mix, right? And is that, is that, is that sticking to that foundation? Is it breaking off in any way, or is it still solid? No, no, it's in good shape, but I, I, wanted to, I really wanted to paint it. Some of the neighbors painted it, and they look nice. Would it would it be okay? Okay, so what what you need to do is you need to prime it first. You need to use a masonry primer. That's really important. But you have to sand that out. No, as long as it's intact, okay. Yeah, it's in good shape. Yeah. Then you need to prime it first because the primer is what's going to make the top right make the top layer of paint stick, so to speak. So you prime it first, let the primer dry really, really well, and then you can put on the top coat of paint, exterior quality paint on top of that and it should be fine but just remember you know after paint comes repaint so once you paint it the first time you're gonna have to paint it again and again as years go by yeah okay you put the primer on first that's the key make sure it's primed okay use primer first okay that's what i wanted to know all right anna good luck with that project thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit hey it's fall are you guys looking forward to that first crackling fire of the season well hold that match until you're sure your fireplace and chimney are safe and secure We'll tell you what to look for after this. Fit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. 
check out homeadvisor.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now. We're here to help you with your home improvement projects. Solve those decor dilemmas. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. And that's presented by HomeAdvisor. They really do have the best local pros for any home service. That's right. doesn't matter what that project is. They make it fast and easy to find top-rated pros. And there are no membership fees. It's 100% free to use. HomeAdvisor.com. Well, whether you've used your fireplace yet this season or not, don't light another match just yet. You know, fireplaces and chimneys have a big job to do, and making sure they're up for it is really the key to your family's safety. Now, seasonal chimney maintenance ensures that the smoke, the fire, embers, and ashes will all stay contained in your fireplace and chimney. It also checks for creosote. Now, that's a highly combustible buildup that can lead to chimney fires, You should really be checking your chimney for creosote at least once a year or after about 80 fires. You should head on over to a super useful website for the Chimney Safety Institute of America, and they will help you find a certified chimney sweep. And, you know, even if a safe fireplace uh, exists, it can always use some backup. So what you might want to do is place a non-flammable rug in front of the fireplace to keep loose sparks from damaging your floors or worse. Or better yet, use a screen, and that will help keep those sparks from popping out. And here's another thing. If you don't already have chimney caps, you need them. You have to have them installed to your home to keep wildlife from using your chimney as a passageway into your house. I had a squirrel do it, like, literally the first season we owned our house. Luckily, we had those fireplace covers, you know, the doors that close to keep the fire contained because we heard like a thud and then like a pound, 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 pound. (laughs) It was a squirrel. So truly put those caps on the chimney unless you want some unwanted visitors. And finally, let's talk about the fire box. Now, that's the area where the logs burn. It needs to be cleaned at least once a week during the months you use the fireplace. Leave about an inch of ash. That kind of acts as insulation. But clean that fire box free of ash during the months you use it. And never, ever, ever, ever leave those ashes in, in anything but a metal ash bucket. And you need to store that well away from your home. I can't tell you how many times we hear about tragic fires that occur when people take ashes out of fireplaces and think that they're out, but actually they're lit and they can stay hot for a really long time. I've had fire pits uh, have ash in it that maybe we used uh, for one night and then the next day it rained all day and the next night we decided to use it. And guess what? It was still hot inside that even after a rainstorm. So you really can never tell. Be very careful with those ashes. They do cause a lot of fires. All right. Now we've got Barry in Iowa on the line who's got a question about a bathroom with carpeting, and I know your question's really about a pet, but bathroom with carpeting? What's going on, Barry? Well, the, the dogs were locked up in the bathroom when we went shopping. But when we come back, they tore a hole. It wasn't a big hole, but it's probably two and a half inches by three inches long, and I can't cover it no way. And so I was wanting to tear the carpet up and put in new carpet because I can't match the old carpet. And... Uh, then, but I don't know how to put a threshold down in there. Well, first of all, um, putting carpet in a bathroom is generally a bad idea because obviously it doesn't mix with the moisture, even if it's an indoor-outdoor style carpet. I don't know what you have, but I, I would recommend against carpet in a bathroom. So the dogs may have done you a favor because it's forcing you to take that carpet up. Your question is, how do you put a threshold like in the door? so that you would have like a clean edge. Yeah, well, I mean, you cer- certainly what you basically do is you put in a door sill there, and it sits even with the door when it's closed, so it's about as thick as 
the door plus another inch or so. So it's usually a couple of inches thick. And it may be higher on one side where the carpet is and lower on the other side where the floor is. But it's a pretty standard uh, piece of carpentry work or a pretty standard piece of a, of a carpet installation project. And I would recommend that you remove that carpet from the bathroom and put in a different type of, of flooring. What's underneath that carpet? Is there tile under there now? No, it's a cement slab. It's a slab house. Okay, so then what you might want to think about doing is putting in something like a laminate floor. Now, laminate can look like tile or it could look like stone, but it's very moisture resistant. So it's a terrific choice for the bathroom. And if you want something to kind of warm it up, then put a throw rug on top of it. But I wouldn't put carpet back. Yeah, well, that, that's what we were thinking, too. Yep. Very simple step. Uh, putting in a door sill is all you need to do. And if you don't know how to do it yourself, I'm sure your installer can help. I don't have to nail a threshold to the door, I mean to the floor? Oh, no, it'll, it'll, it'll be secured to the floor, but there's lots of ways to do that. And there's a, there's a way that you can screw through the threshold with a special screw called a Tapcon fastener, and it will secure it to the floor. Uh, you know, there are, there are ways. And then there's a piece that snaps over it. There's, if you go into your home center... Um, Home Depot, Lowe's, or whatever you've got near you, in the flooring aisle, there's going to be, at the end, you'll see wood, metal, there'll be called transitions, it'll be like from carpet to wood. It'll have all the varieties of one surface to the other surface and all the different ways to install them. They're pretty easy. Oh, well, thank you guys for the information, and I hope you have a good day. All right, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Hey, are you thinking about putting your house on the market? We're going to highlight design trends that can actually help sell your home after this. The Money Pit is presented by Train. Inside the Train Testing Facility, they test their heating and cooling products in the harshest conditions found in nature, all to ensure their products can run through anything. That's why it's hard to stop a train. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement questions at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. You can find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of Home Advisor's top-rated pros for free at HomeAdvisor.com. All right, but you've got two pros right here answering questions from the Money Pit community section. Now, Carol in Utah writes, what should I do if I believe something was overlooked or just wrong in my new home's report from the home inspector? I just discovered that I don't have enough insulation in my attic. Shouldn't I have been told that? You know, as a guy who was a home inspector for a good part of 20 years, I'd say no. I mean, it would have been a good advice to have, but the fact that you don't have enough insulation is, I mean, first of all, whether or not you have enough, quote unquote, is going to depend on when that house was built because energy efficiency standards change every couple of years. And almost all older Holdens could use more insulation, but I don't think that's a defect. You know, I mean, look, if your floors had big holes in them and he didn't tell you that, that's one thing. But the fact that maybe you needed some more insulation, that's kind of an improvement, right? So I don't think that that's uh, necessarily a defect of the home inspection report. But here's how you can tell for sure. If you go to the website for the American Society of Home Inspectors, that's ASHI, S-A-S-H-I dot org, or I think it's also homeinspector.org, you could download there the standards of practice for the home inspectors. And that basically, it says what should be and what's not included in a home inspection. So it's very clear as to what 
every element is that should be inspected, and you can kind of compare that against your inspection report and give you a better sense as to whether or not pro you, you hired did the job that he or she was uh, hired to do. All right, next up, we've got a post here from Kate in Texas who writes, I have an old ceramic tile floor in my bathroom. A couple of tiles are chipped, but I'm sure the manufacturer isn't making them anymore. What can I do besides putting in a whole new floor? Well, Kate, you know, sometimes you can alternate patterns in tiles. So maybe if you want to pop out the ones that are chipped and pop out a couple or more to make something looks like it's there on purpose and put a new tile in, otherwise reach out to the manufacturer. You never know. And there are a couple places online that you can send that tile to and they will match it for you. Well, we see home trends come and home trends go, but it seems that some changes are here to stay. And Leslie, you've got some details on some that are going to stick around for a while in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. Now, you guys, if you're planning on putting your home on the market soon, there are a few key design trends that you should be aware of to help sell that home as quickly as possible. I mean, that's really the goal. You list the house, you want to sell it fast. Don't give yourself any time to rethink the whole thing. Get it over with. Now, the key word here to remember, guys, is flexibility. Your rooms need to be able to be easily converted into another kind of space. Those potential buyers that are walking into your house, they want to see that they can accommodate someone who works from home, maybe an aging parent, a boomerang child who's coming home from college. So many other different scenarios play out every day in everybody's lives. So you want somebody who's walking in the door as a potential buyer to look at your house and see those options. Now, you might also think about adding some elements of universal design. Baby boomers are aging, and not only are they caring for their elderly parents, they also want to know that their home can accommodate them themselves as their needs change with their own aging. So be flexible, make those opportunities in your home so that you can see those offers coming in. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, when those Lees finally take a dive it's usually because of a massive rainstorm and all of that wet fall mess it has the potential for a very dangerous invader to form in your house and that's mold so we're going to talk about how you can get rid of mold when it's a diy project or when a pro is required and also whether or not you can get some insurance coverage on mold cleanups that's all coming up on the very next edition of The Money Pit. But for now, that's all the time we have. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a money pit.